and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 47 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, uh, you, you, are, you, are you recovered now? You, you okay? We had a, little bit of a, we had a little bit of an incident before we started recording. Yes, uh, a very serious incident that I'm trying to hit a vape pen that's almost empty and kind of not agreeing with the throat. Also, I ate way too much meat. And I'm um, feeling the effects of that. And you have too just, much meat? Just sweating out gabagool from every fucking pore. <laughs> God. I feel like Tony Soprano, and oh, it feels gabagool. great. You ever been to New Jersey? Uh, only Jersey City. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I lived the first eight years of my life there. <laughs> oh, no shit. But I, 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 am, I, I, I don't remember suburban, gabagool there until... I'm from the suburban Detroit area, and if you're Italian-American, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, true, true. But you don't, ha- but you don't get to, to experience the, uh, the, 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 the great New Jersey mystery meat known as pork roll. So... You know, I wanted to try the pork roll when I was in Atlantic City, actually, but uh, I just never got around to it. Yeah, Atlantic City, one of my favorite Springsteen songs. <laughs> Atlantic City was a was a cool town, man. It has like just the right like mix of glamour and grime. Like it wants to be like a nice glamorous city, but it isn't. But I, it kind of has. But it gives a character. I think I remember driving through Atlantic City in the eighties, and that's my experience with Atlantic City. My my only other experience with Atlantic City would be like some souvenir uh, decks of cards or or dice that had like the, the the holes punched through them, so you can't use them in the casinos anymore. All right. That was, uh, that, that Atlantic City was be... one of my last uh, live wrestling shows I attended pre-COVID. I uh, drove out there for GCW's Run Ricky Run, which was a phenomenal show, it turns out. Uh, glad I went. It was a great one. Oh, see, you could have just driven three hours to Indy and seen a whole ton of GCW. There's a, there's a but bunch no, of you talk moved. Talk about the collective eventually, I'm sure, right? Eventually, yes. Eventually. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot to say. I do have some friends that are attending. Um uh, for those that you know did have collective passes, they'll probably know that uh, Lauderdale gave some pretty nice options, I think, for collective pass holders. One of them being we could roll over our money for the next uh, three years, up to the next three years for collective attendance. So oh, that's wow. what I did. So I, so instead of attending this year, because uh, I didn't take a refund originally, I wanted to try to support GCW, and I figured they'd make good on this. So probably uh, 2022 is when I'm uh, expecting to attend the collective. Okay, and with that, let's uh, take everything down from from New Jersey down down the Atlantic. To... Well, we're gonna go right back to New Jersey by the end of this show, so <laughs> we might, don't we don't stray be. too far. <laughs> we might be, yeah. We we will be taking a taking a round trip here as we go down to Jacksonville, Florida, for the Daily's Place for episode forty seven of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We start right off with Jurassic Express. In the ring, and the Young Bucks just kind of casually show up and super kick a ref. Just there. They're hanging out. They figure, hey, we're here. We're the VPs. Let's just super kick a ref. Hey, we're we're vibing here. They, 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 they just... Not really much of a super kick party. More of like a super kick gathering. Uh, uh, like, a, like a super kick having people over. 
Yeah, just a yeah, just a a, a chill vibing party. Maybe a super kick rave even. If it, super you know, kick powwow, super kick luau. So uh, on the way out, they they throw Tony Khan some money, <laughs> you know, just some. Just, I know, hope it's counted. A a, 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 a a small a small amount of money. And then, that's just uh, you know Tony Khan. Vince McMahon prides himself on uh, you know wearing the suit at the gorilla position every week and like you know looking like you know it's it's game night, it's big time. He's the boss. Tony Khan not interested, not interested in appearances. He doesn't give a shit. He's a, he's, no, no, not, no. he's, a, he's not really an honest. Tony Khan looks like someone who would listen to this podcast, not be the head of the promotion that we make the podcast about. You know what? I do wonder. I, I wonder if any of this is getting back to him. <laughs> I do wonder sometimes. Uh, Tony Khan, if you ever hear about this, you look great, dude. You look awesome, and you're cool. Hey, Tony. And we like you. Hey, Tony. We met in Chicago. I was the Arsenal fan, talking about how you own Fulham, <laughs> and I kind of, and I, well, I, I, I kind of laughed at you about it. No, well, that's not the part you tell him. We're supposed to lie at this part and make ourselves look good. <laughs> I don't want a job. I just want to know if he's listening to the show. That's all. I just want to hang out with a rich guy. I mean, you know. <laughs> Anyway, this is all a prelude to the non-title match with your AEW Tag Team Champions, FTR, with Tully Blanchard. Um, this was a, a a match of lots of roll-ups and near-falls, I've noticed. And lots of Jungle Boy. This was a Jungle Boy-centric match. Uh, he's so good. We talk about it every week, and every week he's just so good. He's still good. And you know what? So it, clean that sequence with the multiple drop kicks and the arm drags was uh, uh, just great, top notch stuff. Uh, FTR has done a really good job making these guys in particular look good. I think they have a lot of uh, a lot of chemistry in ring. Yeah, and uh, Luchasaurus look good too. FTR always they look good, and you know, they... I mean FTR we really do. We, we I talked about this last week too. You have to have them on the short list for best tag teams in the world. Like they're just aren't many others that are anywhere near as good. Well, you know, I, I have to be honest. I mean, having not watched WWE programming since, um, since the turn of the turn of the century. Um, and it's amazing how many people still think when you say that you mean, we, we mean the 1900s, not, not the, not the two thousands. Yeah. You're thinking like turn of the century. You went to, uh, you went to WWF in like a pea coat and a top hat. Yeah. But, um, you know, having not watched WWE programming since the turn of the 21st century, I, uh, you know, I, I'm still kind of uh, reserving my judgment on FTR. They, they look good. They're, they're, they're one of the best teams in the company. Um, I still need to see a little bit more of them. Uh, well, you'll, they'll keep giving it to you, and uh, it'll just uh, it'll just grow on you the way it's supposed to. This is, uh, this is a great tag team that pretty much executes everything perfectly. They don't make mistakes. They're, uh, they're good promo guys. They're great sellers. Uh, the ring psychology stuff. I mean, you know, it's all been talked to ad nauseum, but it all works. Um, it's all really come together here in AEW, and with the addition of Tully Blanchard, it's it's right where it needs to be. Um, the win comes with another roll-up war when uh, when Cash Wheeler helps. Uh, yeah, Dax got, pull, you got some pull, dastardly pull, tactic. Pull him, pulls him off, and then uh, they he and Tully hold them hold them down, so Jungle Boy can't kick I out. Didn't see it. Ref didn't see it. I, I like this. Uh, I like a little uh, uh, schmozzy finish to this one so you can continue to kind of keep this uh, like chant title shot opportunity in the future for uh, Jurassic Express without having to pay it off right away. Yeah, I mean, 
it, I'm 50-50 on that. I mean, logic would say, you know, the champions lose the, the, the non-title match to set up a, a tag title shot. Which but... is what precisely what I liked about this is that our expectations got subverted a little bit right, but while it, still it, keeping that would... thing to kick down the road, right? Right. I mean, it was still 50-50. So, I mean, it could have it, it gone either way. And it turns out it did. So, speaking of tag teams, we go backstage and uh, Private Party is tending to Matt Hardy, who got uh, attacked uh, probably by Chris Jericho and Jake Hager with a baseball bat. Yeah, or maybe Sammy Guevara. It could be any inner circle member, really. They kind of kept that ambiguity. It, you know, it looks like probably Jericho because the baseball bat, and he's swinging around saying, oh, what happened to your knee? Uh, but, hey, Sammy's, you know, they still got that beef. There's still that bad blood there. Yeah, but uh, I think he— I, This I, stuff I, isn't over. I think Sammy is out, though, right now. Is Sammy out? They, they 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 hinted it heavily that he was out with injury last week. That's why Jericho ah. said he was teaming with Hager. Ah, well, I thought him and Hager going forward are like going to be the guys like well, as now the they, team in this division. Well, now they division. are. Now I think. Right. Well, now they are. I think maybe it was going to be Jericho and and Sammy, but huh. now, hey, maybe. Uh, it, I, it, I was kind of wondering what, if they decided to abandon lay sex gods. Oh God, I don't even like saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah, you, you just feel it's it. just it's 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 bad. Yeah, I need I let's make this quick. I need a shower now. Okay, uh, when we come back from commercial, Kenny Omega joins the commentary for our second match of the evening. Uh, Adam Page versus Frankie Kazarian, uh, two guys that are mostly tag team wrestlers, at least for you know the majority of this year. Yeah, um, they but they, both very very accomplished singles wrestlers in their own right. Indeed. Uh, I just don't know if this really warranted a 20-minute match. I, was it 20 minutes? It was 20, mi- 20 minutes. It went to a picture-in-picture segment and everything. I do, yeah. I, I did feel as though it got more time than I expected. I think a lot of that was due to giving you know Kenny some uh, uh, time on the mic in commentary to kind of move that storyline along. Uh, some, a little side note, uh, something that I think is interesting about the Kenny Adam page thing is they both kind of openly said they want to do singles wrestling and not tag anymore. However, if you consult the very accurate and very real AEW weekly rankings, the power rankings, <laughs> they are still ranked and they're number one. They're the number one behind the champions. Hmm. Uh, you know, they do have a 12 and one tag record, so they're still there, but I wonder how they do this, whether they take them off immediately, whether they kind of let some time go by and they fall by the wayside, kind of like, you know, uh, like MMA fighters or boxers do with rankings if they take, you know, a few years off or whatever. Right. Um, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, the, the rankings don't offer a whole lot to talk about. We talked, we discussed this off pod, whether we should get more into it. And you know what? That's something that you know, the listeners can tell us. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter, and I'll talk a little more about that at the end of the podcast. But uh, hit us up and let us know if you think we should talk more about rankings. Because I'm kind of – I'm not really sure what I think about AEW rankings or how much I actually care about them yet. I mean, they are pretty worked. I mean, let's face it. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, they're, it's they're, pro wrestling. They're, they're of course, it's a work. Wor- but, yeah. like, uh, is it an interesting enough work that warrants conversation weekly? I'm not sure about that. I'd like it to be. I just don't think they've done enough with them yet for it. Like it's something they throw up online, but you don't really hear about it on the show very much. They don't mention it a lot on commentary. It doesn't lead to a lot of match booking really heavily. It's kind of like UFC rankings in that way. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I heard like kind of a gong sound in the, in the background. Are you, uh, are you, are you, is, are you playing the gong show? Yes. I just bang a gong randomly throughout this podcast. Uh, just call, like just call you Mark Bolin, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, we then 
Yeah. Oh, uh, Adam Page wins with the buckshot, Larry. Yeah, I mean, the match was okay, and it, it, it was good. I just don't think it was really needed 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it was probably too long, but yeah, this this show... You know, it's it's not too long after a pay-per-view. We're not getting into the full swing of the build to the next one just yet. They the have full, a lot the, of... Con- the, the, the full swing to full gear, huh? Full swing to full gear. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of content they have cranking out over the next couple of weeks. This show wasn't even supposed to happen tonight. Or I think the one-hour special that's next week was supposed to be tonight. And tonight's show was supposed to be tomorrow. Yeah. So that didn't happen because of playoff stuff. So now tonight's show was tonight. And then next week, the one-hour special will be on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we'll still have a regular AEW. Yeah. Uh, This show was pre-taped, obviously. Uh, Stuff has been a little bit weird because of the playoffs. And I think that this show and the shows in this whole block of tapings are probably going to be victim to that. Uh, I don't know if I want to say pacing issues, but just they're not going to, you know, pull out all the stops and throw everything at the wall. They're going to kind of, you know, take their time with these. Yeah. And of course, you know, had everything happened, you know, when it was supposed to have, you know, this wouldn't even be an issue right now. Right. Right. Yeah. So things are a little bit wonky with that. And I think, you know, some of these matches that get a little extra time so they can stretch some stuff out here and there are things we're going to get. And, you know, if you need some people to stretch a match, Kazarian and, and Paige are two are, you know, your cleanest, most consummate and athletic professionals you have. So whether or not we feel like it deserved it, we know those guys can go out there and give you the work. Uh, from there, we get a, oh, and of course, uh, Kenny Omega just walks off without, you know, congratulating or celebrating with Adam Page. What do uh, one thing we, I can ask you, what do you think of Kenny as a commentator? Uh, I don't like him. No, why not? I, I've, he, he, this isn't the first time he's done commentary. He just, he no. doesn't, he doesn't grab me as a commentator. Okay. Interesting. I'm sorry. Interesting. I, he, I, I can, I can see it. Like, I think he's wholly serviceable. I don't think he necessarily stands out and I think he moves a little too quick. Doesn't give stuff time to breathe. And it's good to be a fast talker in a broadcast medium. However, you have to be able to one match the pace of your co-commentators, which, you know, with Jim Ross out there, he was moving way too quick and kind of, uh, uh, throws off that chemistry a little bit and doesn't give his thoughts kind of time to breathe. Uh, boxing fans, I think I can kind of uh, uh, compare it to Paulie Malinaji, where Paulie's very uh, knowledgeable and has a lot to say, but it's always moving too quick and doesn't let stuff sink in. So it never really lands or feels as effective as it could. And I think Kenny needs to uh, uh, dial that back a little bit. Okay, and, that, and, and that's fair. We move on to a recap of Best Friends versus Santana Ortiz leading into tonight's main event. And then we immediately go back to the ring and MJF is there as we go to a picture in picture and he's, you know, goofing off with, uh, you know, the people on, on the side to, uh, to get a match against uh, Sean Dean, which lasts all of about five seconds, uh, instant arm bar and tap out. Yeah, poor Sean Dean. So Sean Dean... Appears to be AEW's like first full-on jobber. Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, I mean, some. Yeah, I'm almost sure he has not won yet in a singles match, and I don't even know if he's won any tag matches. But he's appeared on Dark regularly, does not win there, and uh, a couple of Dynamite appearances, and has jobbed out right away. He have, he is the Brooklyn Brawler, man. I mean, every promotion needs 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 enhancement talent. So you know. Yeah, I mean, Sean Dean's out here enhancing, and I hope it leads to uh, to dividends for him because he, he seems to be a talented wrestler. Seems to know what he's doing. I think he's a Chicago guy who trained out of AR Fox's school in Georgia, if I'm right about that. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, a lot the, of potential the, there. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, this leads into a, a a promo from MJF that was just fucking weak. You thought it was weak a lot. Of, see, uh, I think you are the unpopular opinion haver on that. Folks seem to enjoy it. I don't have super strong feelings on it either way. I thought it was kind of just there. Uh, you know, I like MJF's intensity, and I like when he dials stuff up a little bit. The whole, like, lone wolf thing doesn't really, you know, land for me when Wardlow is standing behind you. Right. Um, so that's, and like, also, a weird when, thing. When did Wardlow quit wearing the suit? Uh, I think this is his first time we've seen him without the suit. Since no, he's, no, he's, uh, no, he's, he hasn't worn a suit since... Uh, wore it all out. Since all out. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he had the Burberry tie on and everything. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe it was a time time before that he wasn't wearing the suit. Hmm, But yeah, I guess uh, maybe because I I guess we're leading to an MJF Wardlow split possibly, which is fine. Push Wardlow to the moon. If you get him in a singles capacity, that's a big bruiser of a talented wrestler. And a lot of guys out there he can mix it up with that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you know, he's still milking the, the. the whole I got cheated out of the title thing and I, I will be referred to as the 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 undefeated, undisputed, uncrowned Yeah, classic champion. heel stuff. Yeah. But classic but again, that, that's the thing. He just tries to pass each classic heel stuff and I don't think he has the charisma to pull it off. I think you just don't like MJF and I don't know what he can do to make you change your mind. Well, you know what? I have seen him have good matches and I praise him when he does. But, right. And I, I actually thought that the Moxley, the match with Moxley, for example, I thought was just fine. The match was, yeah, I thought it was. The, I thought that the was match really... was fine. I, it just his shtick just does not work with me at okay. all. And all right. I mean, I, I well, anyway, we, we we can we can bloviate about that. Uh, <laughs> hey, bloviating is literally what this podcast is for. Bloviate away, my friend. <laughs> That's what the no, I, no, no, we, 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 we want to blow the idiot about something else, so we, I'm going to move on. So uh, we then get a... Tune in next week where I make us talk about MJF for a whole hour. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we then get a Taz Technique segment on Ricky Starks. I like Taz Techniques. I think this is really fun. It's sports science, but with Taz. But with what, Taz. What's not the love? Yeah. I mean, think of all the different, like, sports shows that you could just have Taz narrate instead and how hard knocks with Taz. Oh, God. Oh, man. Hell, stump the Schwab, except it's Stump the Taz. Stump Taz. Oh, man. First take with, like, just put Taz across from Stephen A, dude. Oh, man. Well, you know, I, well, well, anybody, you know what? No, put it, give him to uh, Shannon Sharp because God knows oh, Skip yeah. Bayless needs to get the fuck off the air. Well, I mean, that's been the case for a long time. Then Skip's been on the air. (laughs) Uh, We then uh, come back to an in-ring promo, and the entire assembled uh, Eddie Kingston gun is Kingston goon. That's right. I love it. Penta El Cerro Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Butcher, Blade, and they just kind of... Grab people out of the crowd and start beating the shit out Including my beautiful, beautiful child, Griff Garrison. Why they have yep. to do Griff like that, though? Yep. They, they, At they, least, they, you know what, though? He was, like, uh, Kingston was, like, you know, ripping on everybody and, like, making fun of all the people they were beating up. The only thing he had to say to Griff Garrison was nice hair. And you know what? He's right. Uh, are you sure he wasn't making fun of the guy with uh, the blue hair when he said no, that? Maybe, but maybe uh, he wasn't making fun of Griff Garrison either way because Griff Garrison has great hair, just objectively. But just uh, flowing, curly, beautiful locks. 
So at the you know after they they they, they roll the assembled uh you know extras and and uh, and Griff Garrison don't you don't you and, love and Griff Garrison and, and with the yeah and Griff Garrison the enhancement talent and the extras he is Griff Garrison and you will respect him. Um, Eddie tells the blade to get his house in order. So okay, yeah, go cool. get, go get your wife back. Go, yeah, go 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 win your wife back. <laughs> And then at the top of the hour, we about get... to have a uh, uh, Blades wife on a pole match. Oh no, God! <laughs> Please no. She Bagwell somewhere smiles. <laughs> D- does she though? Oh yeah, absolutely. Does she, does she smile? <laughs> we then at the top of the hour go to our fourth match of the evening. tag team match between Private Party and Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Um. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. I mean, look, we, we, we are we have already stated our opinions on Jake Hager. Everyone knows how we feel about Jake Hager. I do think this tag team works and I do think it's going to boost the division overall. So those guys being in a tag team and competing within this tag division, I do think is the right move for both of them and for the division itself. Private party rocks and Jericho is really good at making these young talents look great and putting them over and putting them in positions to succeed. This is something he has thrived at since he's been in AEW, and it's where his value really lies here. Well, yeah, and I don't disagree. The the match itself was just kind of there, you know. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was I thought it was quite good. Um, it, it had a lot of really good elements to it, and I thought the finish was really good, and I thought the post match stuff uh, was what made it all worth it. So Isaiah gets attacked by Hager and Jericho after Jericho and Hager get the win. But only for Mark Quinn to come in and just kick Jericho right in the fucking head, and that was cool as hell. Yes, yeah, that that was. He stood cool. tall, and that's you know something that Jericho's willing to do to lay out for these for these guys. Uh, you know, even though they get the victory, Private Party stands tall at the end, looks great, and uh, we'll see him again. You know, something I will say about Jericho is that he doesn't seem to have a problem uh, doing business. You know. Oh, absolutely not. He's been one of the, I mean, he's always been willing to do business. This is like the story of his career, right? One of the reasons he's able to stay relevant and stay popular is because he's always willing to adapt and adjust. And that means, you know, taking the wins, taking the losses, uh, taking the beatdowns whenever uh, they're necessary. Or I, mean, they want. I mean, he, he does have a three, you know, it, well, at least in this modern run in New Japan, uh, he, he has a three and three record, you know, in, in okay. these, yeah, you know, in, in, in these Wrestle Kingdom semi-main event matches, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's then, and, you know, it's it that that shows a lot about him too and you know, he I you know, when it comes to the new Japan stuff specifically, he knows what kind of world-class talent he's working with there too. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it, he even adjusts his character in in Absolutely. He I mean, he's been willing to make character adjustments and has made really great character adjustments for over oh, 25 yeah, years. Because, yeah, because you know, the 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 Jericho that goes to New Japan is not Le Champion by any no. stretch. Yeah. No, no. But you know that's like kind of the uh, the the pain maker, right? It's the pain maker yeah, in, the, the pain, in a lot of cases. Yeah, the, the pain maker. Yeah, yeah. He, he he keeps changing it every time he. Uh, it <laughs> he is uh, it is goth clown stepdad. Yeah, now, it, it's actually pretty. I mean, it's a it's a good character actually. Oh yeah, for, like, for, new, stuff for, for New Japan. But anyway, yeah, it works great. For, it's a lot like Death Rider. Yeah, exactly. It, it does. It it really works in 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 uh, in New Japan. Uh our next matchup, speaking of people we find uh, morally objectionable, um, Thunder Rosa versus Eva Lise in the in an NWA Women's World Championship match. 
Hell yeah. Uh, this was uh, my, my uh, runner-up for match of the night. Yeah, this was this was a great match. I, I, yeah, I, very I well done. I love this match. Even though Ivelisse, yeah, we, we have expounded yeah, at we've, length. Yeah, we've litigated this, but one thing we're not going to say is that Ivelisse can't wrestle because we'd be lying. True. I mean, Ivelisse can fucking wrestle, man. You know what? It, you know what? Um, the, uh, the, 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 the ending of the match gave me some hope though, too, because Which, what a great wrestling match does, right? Yeah. Because Diamante getting involved at the end. Yes. And... There was a lot of good stuff here. Uh, you know, to, before we move past the match, I want to say something just about the technical cleanliness of this match for lack of a better phrasing. Uh, both of these women are very, very talented at what they do. It clicked really well in ring. They had some very well-planned sequences that all were executed great. Uh, some really good, effective striking, which Thunder Rosa in her two matches in AEW has really accentuated. Uh, I think her striking has been a big, big uh, uh, factor for her success in her two matches thus far. And uh, Eva Lee's can work with anybody, I think. I think she's shown that from Lucha Underground up until now. Uh, you can put her in the ring with almost anyone, and she'll be able to to give you a good match. Okay, so here, here's a question for you: uh, the 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 women's division in AEW uh, gets regularly lambasted as being the weakest part of the show. Like they're saying that the, the division itself is pretty weak; they don't get enough TV time, um, etc. And yet, we have a often the case when the women's matches seem to be the best matches on Dynamite. Or, or on the Interesting show. Interesting how that works. Why do, you, why do you think that is? I think because even though their division is a little bit thin, the women they do have are awesome. They have a very talented roster from what they've built. The, the top of their division are some of the best wrestlers on the planet, regardless of gender. Nyla Rose is fantastic. Uh, Ivalice is a great wrestler. Sheeta is a fantastic wrestler. Um, and now that they have some of this NWA talent coming in, namely Thunder Rosa, the women that do get their opportunities aren't going to miss them. You know, they're fantastic. So uh, you're going to get great matches out of them. And it's indicative of women needing to be featured on this show more. Like, cause I think rather than getting a 20 minute page Kazarian match, we could have gotten two more five minute women's matches or another 10 minute women's match out of, in, on this uh, or show. Something. I mean, even just another squash by, by Nyla, you know, show, give me a Nyla squash, give, put red velvet on Wednesday night, give Anna J some more matches. She needs the seasoning. Let's do it. She's going to be wrestling Brandy next week. Give her a tune up match tonight. Let her beat somebody's ass to make it look more believable that she's going to beat Brandy next week. Yeah, no, I, a, there was no dark order on this show. You're right. There wasn't, you know, what? Not there was no dark order on no this show. Order. I, and I, 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 I understand what they're trying to do by limiting dark orders exposure, but I think it's counterproductive. I think they should be featuring dark order more and they should be more dominant. I really do. It doesn't have to be NWO, you know, taking over the whole thing or DX or whatever, but I do think that they need to be shown on screen as a threat more often. Yeah, we didn't even get. A, we, yeah, we didn't even get a promo from them. That, that, that is no, a very nothing. interesting point. Very yeah. interesting. So, so why not utilize Anna or Tay Conti, um, or uh, uh, Ariane Andrew, or any of these women that you have on this roster? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, the, 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 there are def, there were definitely some things that could have been shaven off of this to give more women, you know, put more women on the TV. And yeah, and every time they wrestle, they execute. So why the hell not? Yeah, it, it, it's it's a question worth asking. Absolutely. I think. 
Uh, that being said, uh, Diamante attacks Thunder Rosa, who did retain against uh, Ivalice after a tombstone. Um, and then Thunder Rosa gets a rescue from Hikaru Shida. Second, yeah, second week in a row. Respect. Second week in a row, she's rescuing someone. Yeah, so so you got uh, it's yeah the Sheeta. I, I think this whole idea of like Sheeta's not going to let her division be defaced by people and like they all have to earn it and they have to do it the right way. I think is a pretty cool way to present like your babyface champion. Uh, so I, you know that works for me. And this set up a tag match for next week, which they did announce later in the show. You're going to get uh, Thunder Rosa and Sheeta against Evilise and Diamante. And this is nice. You know if you're going to team up Evilise and Diamante, you got to give them some tag matches. Yeah. And, you know, again, th- this puts us on uh, a course to what we said, a, a possibility of a Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida NWA title match, too. Yes, which I would love to see. Yeah, I think, I, you know what, I think it, it's now a lot more likely, come to th- you know, honestly. I think I think that's a way you can do it, and then you can have that rubber match be for the uh, AEW championship again, and hey, maybe put the belt on Rosa for a little bit. Why not? Yeah, why not indeed? Make her, make her double champ. I'm yeah, cool with it. Let's do it. We then get a backstage promo with uh, Penelope Ford, Kip Sabian, and and Miro. It's Miro and, Day again. And, and it hardly... certainly is Miro Day. It's Muscle Day. Holy shit, that guy's yoked. He, he's jacked. He, he, he's he... jacked. <laughs> and Penelope Ford hardly played any part in this promo. She was spot. She was giving him a spot. That's a very important role. First of all, don't don't be discounting spotters. Was it very important? Look, if you're trying to get swole and you're trying to get super jacked, you need a good spotter. And she was there to spot Miro. Very important stuff. Was it a speaking role? Well, you know, maybe she was saying one more push, and we just couldn't hear it. Maybe she was saying, <laughs> "You got this." Maybe she, I'm barely helping. Come on, bro. I, mean, I, I think I'd rather hear Penelope talk than Kip. Kip has become, ah, man, here's the thing about Kip. He's quietly become one of the best valets in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has. It just is what it is. He's great at it. And, he and, really is. Look, uh, I don't want to discount Kip's work. I think he's doing a really good job in this role. But the other thing is that it has now been two weeks on television and three if you want to count uh, – you want to count uh, uh, all out, and uh, we have not had Kip Sabian get jacked in the mouth for three weeks. I I, I want to refund. That's because he's going to get punched extra when he gets punched. We go, so, but we well, let's talk a little bit about Miro. He you know did his little best man thing. Uh, he was not wearing a shirt, and I just want to talk about his muscles just a little bit more. He's huge. He's jacked. He's a monster. And he's got uh, he and he's at- got Bulgaria tattooed on him. Oh, yeah. He's got Bulgarian pride just running literally deep within to his epidermis. Uh, no, he looks great. Um, he's bad at he's bad at doing tweets um, about taxing the rich. However, I'm excited to watch him wrestle. <laughs> we then, Educate yourself. We then move on to an in-ring promo with uh, Lance Archer and Jake Roberts. And, uh, of course, Lance Archer pulls somebody out of the audience and attacks it. Boy, not a good night for the audience. A small masked fella gets uh, gets attacked. Yeah, not good for the front row. Um, very good night for Jake Roberts, who just can do this in his sleep, right? He's just a promo god. He is. He is. It's almost and... like he's just effortlessly one of the best promo guys of all time. And when he's on, he is so very on. And it's just, you know, if anyone 
has followed Jake Roberts' story, his ups and downs. If you saw his documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, uh, you got to be real, real happy seeing him do this kind of work. And I know I am. It's really awesome to see him at his best. Uh, it, 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 I should note that, of course, when Jake Roberts is off, he's really fucking off. Though. When Jake Roberts <laughs> is off, he's, yeah, I mean, hey, he's, been, he's had some dark times, man. But to see him put it back together and to do what he does best, which is this right here, uh, it, it's definitely a really nice sight, man. Um, in lead up to a match next week in which, uh, both, uh, Archer and John Moxley will be on opposite sides of a six man tag match. Um, Jake Roberts had to do some business and he did some biz with, uh, with team Taz. That's, that's so, exactly what I expected to happen. So yeah. here, here's uh team, here's Taz talking about doing business. Like, you know, it's 98 ECW and he's talking to Shane Douglas all of a sudden. That's right, bro. We're going to get you some of the best talent, bro. And uh, so, of course, Brian Cage and uh, and Ricky Starks will be teaming with Lance Archer in this six-man match. Uh, who will be teaming with John Moxley? Well, after Moxley appears and uh, they get and he gets attacked by Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. They um, came from literally out of nowhere. That was very well shot. Uh, the angles were real good, and Starks just exploded from, like, the stands. And, it was uh, really cool looking. Mox gets the rescue from uh, Will Hobbs. Hell yeah, Will Hobbs. Uh, Will Hobbs was just announced as a full-time signee to the roster today. Oh, so is that really, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, they gave him the Will Hobbs is all elite graphic earlier today. Oh, wow. Uh, so this was a cool – this was good timing. Uh, good usage, and it's nice to see him get a push right away and get on to some TVs. Uh, this is a guy who's been on my radar since the first time I saw him wrestle, and a lot of other folks have been high on for quite some time. I think he's going to make some noise here. Uh, so Moxley recruits Will Hobbs and Darby Allen, who was not Also exactly what I expected. Yeah. Uh, I kind of figured it was going to be Taz, uh, uh, Taz's guys on one side and then Darby Allen, and I couldn't figure out the last guy on the other. I'm glad it's Will Hobbs. I think that's really cool. Mox put him over real nicely. They had some nice chemistry. Some uh, They were broing out a little bit after the promo. Uh, I'm excited for that six-man. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it will be fun. And then... We get our main event. The yeah, we do. Par- parking lot fight between uh, Chuck Taylor and Tremperetta, best friends against Centeno Ortiz. Uh, Surrounded Centeno- by various mom's cars from around the roster. Uh, it was uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was Brandon Cutler's mom's car and uh, Peter Avalon's mom's <laughs> car. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Santana Ortiz show up, uh, it was FTR's dad's truck, (laughs) right? With, uh, makeup looking them look like, uh, dead presidents presidents makeup. Hell yeah. That was so cool. That was very very cool. It's a great look. Uh, yeah, they came right into it. Everyone was dressed in their street fight gear, not in the wrestling trunks. Everyone's in jeans and shit. I like that. Yeah. Well, Trent still didn't wear a shirt though. No. Well, why would he? Yeah, I mean, if I looked like Trent, I would literally never wear. I would be like a Jason Stackhouse from True Blood. I would just never have a shirt on. <laughs> or Danzig in that episode of uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> Killer! I'll draft a check. Oh boy! I... <laughs> and he never wears a shirt. <laughs> I can't wait for the uh, uh, the BillyWitchDoctor.com is all elite graphic next week. Oh no! <laughs> God. <laughs> oh man 
I heard so, a very, very funny come town bit that centered around Meatwad earlier this week. I have uh, never I've, listened to that show ever. Um, that we won't talk about it on this podcast, but uh, I do find it cathartic sometimes. And uh, there was a, there was just one bit that was the premise of it was Cat Williams Meatwad. Oh no! And, oh, yeah, no. that's all I'm going to say about that. It was, oh no! Uh, I laughed a lot. Um, so we all know that um, we all know that. All Elite Wrestling takes its influences from uh, from numerous promotions and, you know, tries to mishmash them together. I never expected Zona 23 to be one of those. <laughs> I mean, it was it, a lot cleaner, but yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what Zona 23 is, this is the insane uh, indie lucha company that runs out of a junkyard. Yes, it's. I mean, it's some really cool shit. I was there. Was really looking forward to seeing more of them pre-COVID. Uh, Matthew Justice had an appearance scheduled there, and some like them and GCW were starting to work together. And I uh, hope we can get back to that, and people can see more Zona Twenty Three. If you want to see Zona Twenty Three, get that IWTV subscription, folks. Get that indie wrestling in your life. Um, you know what? Given some of the insane shit we've seen in in this match, including not not least of which Trent Beretta going through a windshield. Yes. Um, also, the, the the sledgehammer throw through the windshield I thought was a really nice visual. Right. Uh, the table spots were really good. The guardrail propped up on the hood of the car spot was really good. And, and, but the the amount of guys who were who were well, let's face it, they were who were bleeding in this match and the there blood was, all over there was the country. How soon before actual death matches become a semi regular feature on AEW programming? I don't think ever. I think they're really good at saving it for an occasional thing. And I think they'll probably keep that trend up because okay. Be- they and- don't, I don't think they want to go overboard. And I know TNT won't let them. Okay. Be- and I'm saying good. And I hope so, because I'll tell you what, cause I have said before, I do not do death matches very well in my, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the death it- match guy on this podcast. Yeah, it- I will watch these guys absolutely actually murder each other. Yeah. It- it- I-, I used to watch them in, you know, in the, in the late night, you know, way back when, um, at 47 years old, I, I can't handle them as well as I used to be able to. Totally understandable. Um, it's a lot different when it's two dinosaurs versus two people, isn't it? It really, hey. When you have a, uh, hey. <laughs> the last death match you watch was the final scene from Jurassic Park. Are, are, are you finished now? Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 but, you know, one of the most compelling matches I've seen on TV was a death match, and that was uh, the 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 season one finale, the the Ultima Lucha in Lucha oh. Underground uh, between Pentagon and uh, Pentagon and, Vampiro. And yeah, and the reason why is because there was actually build to it. There was tons. you know there was tons of build. It it, it it just ramped up for you know a whole season. Uh, to get What's to this fun is point. to mention that that's a match we'll be watching very soon on my Twitch stream. The Twitch stream is just about ready to come back. And when we get back to Lucha Underground, we are just towards the end of season one. So we will be watching that one in its entirety pretty soon. And I'm very excited about that. Well, Tune give, in. Well, give me the heads up on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, y'all, I definitely want you to come. I want you to come watch Lucha uh, Underground with me sometime uh, for sure. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, what? I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll definitely join for that one, even though that means yeah. I'll have to like get a Twitch account and. Yeah, that's it's easy. Well, well, we got we got you. But all you uh, really need is to, I'll probably just get you on a Discord call or something. We'll figure it out. Okay, but um, yeah, but I mean that that had build ahead. You know, the, the it, it ramped up to where it, it needs this. One of the things I don't like about deathmatch wrestling 
is that it just happens at random. Like, you know, it, it's just like, a, it, it's just a, a, on a show, a death match, two guys not even really feuding with each other, but they're just having a death match, you know? it's not right. Well, for... I mean, I think that's like, that's a brand thing, right? Some guys are literally branded as, I'm a death match wrestler, I wrestle death matches. Like, that's the style. Like, just like a luchador wrestles lucha libre, comedy wrestles re- wrestlers wrestle comedy, shooters do shoot style matches. There is, you know, a subsection of, of wrestlers now that, I do death stuff. It's what right, we and, do. We, right, we, I, I, we I, wrestle for, and it's deathmatch clout, right? It's the, I'm the best deathmatch guy, and I have to beat this other really good deathmatch guy. It's like Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, uh, wrestling another, like a, like John Gresham, right? Or, like, I think uh, a nice example of, like, guys who aren't feuding right now that will have a, uh, an amazing clash at The Collective, ACH and Lee Moriarty. That doesn't need a build or a feud. You just want to see which of these guys does the thing they do better, right? Right. So I think if you're a deathmatch guy, that's the to me like that's the hook for watching those type of matches. It's just how you view it. I mean, okay, and and I see that argument, but I also remember just getting burned so much during you know Vince Russo era WCW when we would have gimmick matches with no real need to have a gimmick match. Okay, yeah, and that's and I think that's different because they did lean into comedy more than they needed to or should have. Yeah. And a lot of those type of things where they should have had, you know, kind of more blood and guts, maybe. Well, maybe. But I, at the same time, yeah, th- this worked very well. This is actually probably one of the best matches that they've had on on TV in I think for the, both the best friends and Santana and Ortiz, that might be both their best AEW match to date. Uh, the finish came when uh, Orange Cassie just suddenly appeared from the trunk of a car and so good and walloped on on Santana with a steel chain wrapped around his fist. Fantastic, really uh, great stuff. And uh, from there, Trent Beretta uh, put Ortiz through a uh, a board set up uh, across the bed of a truck, the the flatbed of a truck with uh, with Dude Buster. Yep, hit him with that, and that's the one, two, three. Best friends get the win. The definitive uh, the feud uh, blow-off match, I believe, right? Uh, you know what? It should be. Yeah, it, I don't it, think we need to uh, go on past this one. Yeah, after this. Bow yeah, out it, on a positive note, you yeah, know? Yeah, this seems like, you know, th- th- this seems, has the feel of, like, this is it. This is the final, final match. I do think it'd be very interesting, just follow along here, if we got these tag teams in a position where... Just rankings wise, here's a so this is a way to use the rankings. Jericho and Hager having to wrestle Santana and Ortiz for a potential tag team title shot. I'd really like to see that. Oh, that could happen. That Move could them happen. on to something like that. Uh, the best friends. What's next for the best friends now? They've had a recent title shot. Obviously, different tag champions now. But uh, what's next for them? Well, you know what? I don't know. But you know what? We do know. We do know that Sue got a new van. Sue did get a new van. It's just shiny, like a pearl white, uh, nice beige interior. Very sensible. Very sensible automobile, Jeff. Yep. And then, you know, her her her, her son. Would you Blake... take your kids to school in this van, Jeff? Um, You know what? If I had kids that were young enough for that, yes, I would. Uh, that being said, um, Trent is a horrible son because he's getting blood all over Sue's new van. <laughs> I'm sure he'll pay for the cleanup. Yeah, I mean, he that, seems to be a stand-up guy. And that, also, but, they're good. I mean, you know what great friends the best friends are? They let Orange Cassidy sit in the front. He, he even in his mom's car, he gave his friend shotgun. Hey, that is a big step. That's real friendship right there. That is real. That 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 is true friendship. 
And the last image we are left with as we fade out to whatever movie that <laughs> TNT were playing was Subaretta giving the finger to <laughs> such a good visual. Case. That was great. It's driving off. It stops and then it just pops right out, just straight up in the sky. Oh, not a not a hint of arthritis on it. What Bless a you, what a wonderful wonderful end to that segment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very good stuff. Subaretta is a saint. And with that, we end episode 47 of AEW Dynamite. Oh, my goodness. That main event uh, was definitely the, the, the pro of, of this show. Like It made the show. It, it made, made the show. Which is what a main event is supposed to do. It's supposed Absolutely. to make the show. Absolutely. And, and then, you know, no no promos afterwards to water it down. Uh, just, just your great uh, Sue Bird. <laughs> we get the Sue Bird to end our, our Sue show. Bird, and not the basketball player, but Sue Bird at his middle finger. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and plug yourself, Paul. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thickflare all C's no K's. The stream is actually coming back, I promise. I've had a lot of computer stuff I've been fighting, uh, but my hard drive is finally just about as clean as it needs to be. Uh, we're doing some other stuff, and we're going to be right back to it. So please follow, uh, subscribe, and get notified when we go live. Follow me on Twitch at thickflareTTV for updates on that and much other stuff. And also, a little bird told me that you can follow at BGTD podcast. Oh shit. Uh, and at some point in time, that might be a more fleshed out place yeah, uh, to get information regarding this very podcast. So Yeah, we yeah, we got to uh yeah, we, we got like to do some like to be work on, on the it. on the absolute ground floor of the next great wrestling Twitter account, follow at BGTD podcast. Boom goes the dynamite. BGTD podcast. Uh, and we will uh, talk to you over there. Yeah, Jeff, what do you got? Maybe we'll finally get that fully launched and fleshed out before the uh, the anniversary. Sh- before the anniversary that show is on the fourteenth. Uh, that is a personal goal of mine that we'll talk about off pod. Absolutely. Okay, for real. All right. You could find me in the meantime. You could find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel two S's one L. Uh, last weekend I dropped. Uh, both uh, the latest episode of Busting Balls, uh, where uh, my co-host and I went over our likely or unlikely scenarios for the season as all the leagues are coming back now. And um, we also uh, I also dropped, uh, Chris and I did uh, our annual G1 Climax preview uh, as that starts up this Saturday a, uh, for a whole that month. That is going to be a... Uh... Yeah, furious pace of wrestling. That one of my favorite. Like to me, that's like the World Cup. Like I just like to dial in at all insane hours and just wa- consume way too much content. It's a very fun kind of experience for me. I mean, it's yeah. This is it. This is the this is the the the, the most wonderful time of the year, as they say, uh, for Absolutely. wrestling. Even though, yeah, it's uh, it's later than usual, but it's here. It is here. It is here. So, uh, Paul, any final words? No, that's all I got today. This was uh, not my favorite episode of Dynamite, but yeah, the main event and the uh, the women's ma- match made it worth watching, and I think they give us enough to make us make it worth tuning in every week. So we'll be here every week to review it for you, the listener. Yeah. Now there is that uh, that late night Dynamite on Tuesday. Yes, there's the... a little programming stuff there. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not. I probably will not actually watch that because I don't know what time it is and I don't feel like, you know, I, I got work in the morning. You know how it I is. I feel, yeah. Uh, yes, well, I mean, not really. But, yeah, 
Um, <laughs> I wake up with my girlfriend at work, so yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we're going to watch it. Oh, I'm going to watch it at the very least. So somebody's going to be here on Wednesday to talk about it. We're not going to do a different episode or anything. Uh, Boom Goes Dynamite will be here at its regularly scheduled time after the regularly scheduled episode of AEW Dynamite. And I guess I'll just tell you how it was. I'm not missing an Anna J match. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty much the only match I want to see on that show, honestly. Yeah, uh, oh, Ben Carter's on the show. Uh, ben Carter's wrestling Scorpio Sky, so that ought to be real fun. Okay, yeah. Well, that that could be fun. You're right. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll it's just basically to... it's like a it's like a good episode of Dark is like all this is. It's like a high end episode of AEW Dark. That's which, what it seems you know what I'm like. Cool yeah. As a as a person who enjoys Dark occasionally, yeah, I'm into it. All right. Well, until then, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye.